There's a lot of people working there, man. Yeah. It was crazy to see a tangent, but it was crazy to see this whole show is a many, tangent. Yeah. How I many mean. people? That's true. <laughs> Welcome to the Location Indie Podcast, an unfiltered behind-the-scenes look at the regular lives of two location-independent individuals, although we're not very regular. I'm Travis here, and joining me, as always, in the flesh today, my co-host and co-founder of Location Indie, Jason Moore. What a treat to sit here with you, my friend, and, and share the same space, which is rare for digital nomads and people that are sort of traveling a lot. So it's, it's great to be here, man. Yes, it is. And we forgot to mention, this is a 30-minute or less podcast. So Jay, start the timer. So we're going to be frantically trying to squeeze in whatever the hell it is we're going to talk about today. We've got a lot of <laughs> stuff, I think, to touch on. And one of those things is the fact that we are sitting here in the same room. We're looking at each other in the flesh, which is, as Jay mentioned, very rare for location-independent people or digital nomads to kind of share the same space and work together, and not only work together digitally, but actually work together on projects in person. And I know for me, that has been such a cool feeling to actually sit down. And we've done a few projects now where we've been in person together, and we've woken up and we've just started working on it, and we've done everything together for like a whole month straight almost when we launched the Paradise Pack way back in June 2015. Yeah, it's like a great big fat excuse to get together and hang out and you get to work with one of your best buddies. You get to go do cool stuff. I mean, like you said, we went to Mexico and we were launching that project. You were out, uh, you and Heather, your wife were out in Boulder a bunch. I mean, I think I've seen Travis more than I've seen my wife this year. That (laughs) is a scary thought. She's over in Norway right now. Um, but yeah, that is a scary thought, isn't it? You know, my sister was just giving me a hard time yesterday because we are in the Philadelphia area and Travis and Heather are just not settling back in, I wouldn't say, but, um, yeah, well, kind of. So we have a home that we haven't been in for five years. And so now we're back here in Philadelphia and we, we've spent some time and we've done a little bit of renovations, things like that. And we actually had the awesome experience. We were in Phoenix not uh, you know this past week we were actually in Phoenix and what Arizona. was re- Arizona and what was really cool was we Airbnb'd our place out to people for the very first time and that's a crazy story in and of itself because uh, do you want to hear it yeah of course All i right. want to hear it because i think Airbnb is such a unique way and such a cool way for people to be able to you know make money obviously when they're traveling and and we've talked about this with some other people on your podcast and my podcast about some people who make money off Airbnb like as their sole source of income. They, they buy places. I read an article the other day of a guy who bought a place in Las Vegas just to Airbnb it out. And uh, he's paid off the place I think in I read three that article. years. Yeah, he just he, did the math and it basically it worked out in his favor. Yeah. And so, and you know, we're not going to get that deep into it because we have not done that. Like I said, I had my first renders in the other day. But what was so funny was we went away to Cape Town last month and we were away for a whole month and we had the place immaculate, ready for any renters. The Pope was coming through Philadelphia. We're like, oh, we're going to get people in. We're going to get our first experience as the people renting on Airbnb, not not as the rentees. And um, nothing. Crickets, Jay. Not a single person hit us up. No one wanted to rent the place. We were a bit bummed because we had done all this work to get it ready and it was all clean and no one came through. 
And so we head to Phoenix on a Thursday. And uh, our place was pretty messy because we were only going away for a week. And we figured, all right, well, like, we're just going to come back to this place. And I land in Phoenix and I get a ping on my phone from Airbnb. And someone says, hey, I just saw your place. Can I come and rent your place tomorrow, like Friday? At that point, were you excited or were you like, crap, I'm, I'm not ready for this. I'm not organized. I was super excited, but I was like, come on, man. Like our place is... You know, it's not like trashed, but you guys stuff- left in a hurry. Yeah, I we was left here in the a night hurry. before you left, and you're packing at you know right. eleven o'clock at night. Right, we didn't stage it; wasn't ready for people to come in and, and use it for their own purposes. You know, and so, but I was really excited because I'm like, oh, this is great, and plus we're gonna make some money. So we ended up having a friend come in, clean the place, gave him some cash for that, which was really cool. He came in and cleaned it. And uh, what was neat was they came in on a Friday, and they were gonna stay till Sunday. So it's gonna be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. It was gonna be three nights. So they're gonna leave Monday. And then I get a text message, you know, ha- you know, on like Sunday, like, "Hey, do you mind if we uh, stay longer?" Well, Heather and I had planned to be in Phoenix until Thursday anyway, so we're like, "Well, that's great. Like, we don't have to do anything extra. They're going to stay longer." So we negotiated with them, um, and they actually ended up staying. They were going to stay then till Thursday, and then Heather and I were like, "Well, maybe we could stay out in Phoenix longer. The weather's nice." And so we said to them, "Well, if you want to stay Friday and sat and into Saturday, we're not going to come home until mid." day Saturday if you're going to stay there because we had Southwest points so we could change our tickets and uh, they're like yeah sure we'll stay longer so it's really cool because we kept adding on days in Phoenix meanwhile like the hotels and everything are paying for themselves I mean I think you use points but even if you didn't you're getting the income on your place so it's it was such a liberating feeling like we went out to a few nice dinners Heather and I because you know and sometimes we usually try to pinch pennies and stuff but we went out to these nice dinners because we knew we were making money off our home back at home, you know, here. And in Phoenix, we were staying with friends for one of the nights and other friends with another night. We used hotel points and we weren't paying accommodation. So we were in essence making some money. So it was good. It was liberating. It made me way less stressed out. Yeah. You used the word liberating and it was on the tip of my tongue because I think there's nothing that feels better for somebody like... I I can really relate to where you are right now because you've been wandering all over the world and now you're kind of taking back one uh, one of the biggest responsibilities that a person can have, which is a home, right? And it's scary. It it's feels scary like a weight yeah, after having right. no weight for five right. years. Right, it's just like you're not paying a mortgage, like you're renting it out, you don't have to worry about it, you're free and easy. And you know, I've been there, I've spent many years on the road and then you take back a place and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be stuck. I'm going to be like trapped in this place. Or you, you have all these sort of they're limiting beliefs, really. It's just like, it's the reverse of what we kind of teach. Usually we're like, hey, you can travel where you can do all this. It's like, yeah. And then we're like kind of flipping it upside down. It's like now we have the limiting beliefs of like, hey, this this home's going to like, I'm going to have this financial responsibility. It's going to be hard to save money for travel. So liberating, I think, is the right word there, man, because you're like, wow, like you see you can have as much flexibility as you want. It's just like you know it, but then to actually have it happen in actuality is a good feeling, I'm sure. For sure. And I think that there was some divine intervention there, honestly, because of the fact that... Perhaps the Pope sent his blessing towards Phoenix. Because I was was pretty bummed after no one rented it that first month because that had been our plan. Oh, we're going to try to Airbnb. And then this gets dropped in our lap and it really, it just made me feel so good. And I... You know, to finish the story, I love the idea of the shared economy anyway, because here we are, you know, we rent our place for $125 a night. It's a three bedroom. They had three adults, three kids come in. So they're not finding any hotels in the area that are giving them near as good a deal. We're making money off it. They're in a great little house that they love. And um, it just, 
it's cool because they were really nice. We we're communicating back and forth. Are there any issues? No, no, no. We came back to the house and we were a little worried. Like, oh man, how how trashed is this place going to be? Are we going to have to clean up when we get in late Saturday night? We came back. This place was spotless. They had written a thank you note. They had even bought us a pillow cover as a gift with our initial, like the, a big S on it for our couch. Like they were the best Airbnb poop we could imagine. They had cleaned the, ha- the house like top to bottom, had made the beds, had done all the laundry, everything. It was incredible. And so it just, we always talk about like how much we love humanity and meeting people. And that's that's what we love about location independence and, and the jobs that we do. But it was just really reaffirming. Like, wow, this this works. When two people, both sides are happy about the situation and, and really try to go above and beyond for the other person, yeah. it just works. Yeah, also on another level, because I think you mentioned the humanity thing, like you are letting people into your home, which is a very personal space, right? And this is the first time you're sort of doing that. Right. That so, isn't friends and family. Right. Exactly. And then, you know, you left and you said it was a, in a, basically a state of disarray. And then you came back and it's like clean. You got this pillowcase as a gift. It's like, wow, this is better than I left it. And I let people in here that I didn't even know. Of course, you know, you, you people have heard these stories about Airbnb, like the the big orgy in New York or something yeah. or somebody like Airbnb. There. But that's like, of course, it's a, anything you do is a risk, right? Right. But I think there are so many good people out there and most of the experiences, I'm not saying everybody gets a pillowcase with their uh, name. Right. And we don't expect pillowcases. What's the word? uh, Stitched in. Embroidered. Embroidered. That's the word I'm We don't expect pillowcases from everyone or else we'll have a lot of pillowcases. Uh, You can send your pillowcases to... (laughs) Yeah. So, but it is. It's, It's awesome. And the shared economy... Um, I was in San Francisco a couple weeks ago and, you know, Uber is really big there and Uber is all over the world now, but I had not used it very often and they have a new thing coming out and it's just in San Fran, I think, but they're going to be rolling out to other cities called Uber Pool, which is basically carpooling with Uber. And so another cool example, I'm going to the airport and normally that'd be like 40 bucks or 35 bucks in a taxi, right? And with an Uber, it'd be like 35 bucks, but with Uber Pool... It was like it was early in the morning, five thirty or six AM in the morning. I get an Uber pool. I paid eighteen bucks. Another person who was on our route down to the airport had to go to work at the hospital. Yeah. Which was halfway down to the airport. So she probably paid like ten bucks and so, we both got a really good deal and we actually were chatting a lot in the morning. Like it was really cool and she was really nice. Is it so it's a shared ride? It's a shared ride. And I've had good and bad experiences because they're always cheaper. So I've done a lot of shared rides with Super Shuttle, which is a company that does it a lot in, right. uh, all over the U.S. I don't know if I should use the name or not, but I mean, I've had some terrible experiences where you sometimes if you you get lucky, you know, you get in, you're like, it's you and one other person or whatever, and right. you're the first person dropped off or whatever. Depending on who they pick up, who they're picking up along the way, I've been in there where it's like I'm 45 minutes from the airport, and I've been in the 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 darn thing for like three and a half hours because yeah. well, they drop off 15 people or picking yeah. this person up. They drive to this side of town and back and you're like, ah, oh, so is this, is the, this structured where it's still like somebody's little car and they can only yes. fit a couple people? It, and, yes, exactly. I mean, you can do the big vehicles if you want, but basically it's, it's the same as Uber. So it's, it's a, one driver and you can, with Uber pool, you can have two people get in the car like on your trip, like it could be me and you leaving our place to go to the airport. Right. And then there can be one 
other group of two people as well. So max four. I mean, if the car can hold it, you know, they have a crazy algorithm that determines like, all right, what's on the way? So yeah, like we had to go drop her off at the hospital first, right? That's part of it. But But it took probably an extra five minutes. So I think what's cool about Uber Pool is you're getting the carpooling, car sharing thing, but it's not a huge van where you can fit 15 people and you're going to go all over the city. It basically has to be on the way. And Uber's obviously a company that's what valued at $30 billion. So they're smart enough. I actually have to go to Uber's headquarters when it's in San Fran. Oh, cool. There's a lot of people working there, man. Yeah. It was crazy to see a tangent, but it was crazy to see. This whole show is many, a tangent. Yeah. How I many mean. people, that's true. How many people are there working on what, just to get one thing? I know it's a really complicated app, but in essence, it's one thing. It's an app mm-hmm. that lives on your phone. And I was at their headquarters in San Fran, and there was 1,500 people in those headquarters. And there was like two more buildings down the way. And of course, they have offices all over. So it was crazy. I wonder how big their legal department is, man. They are fighting battles. Left and right. Yeah. And it's just the old guard, you know, the taxis. And hey, listen, I still take taxis. It depends on what city you're in, uh, what time of day it is. You know, like sometimes they can be more convenient. But the reality is like this is not... The internet's changing everything, of course. I mean, we're... Hosting a podcast about working from anywhere. That you're finding on the internet. That Yeah. I mean, that's not something you could do very easily in the past. Now, more than ever, you can work uh, as a location entrepreneur. You can rent out things that you own and actually have businesses off of things that you already have and make money or save money for travel. If you love like for us, that's usually the primary thing is travel. Uh, but it could be really for anything. I've actually heard of people... I met somebody a couple years ago that was uh, doing the the Airbnb thing, and they were doing it to save up money for a documentary film they wanted to make. So her, uh, him and his uh, partner, I'm not sure if it was his wife or girlfriend, would rent out their place on Airbnb, and they'd go camping, because they loved camping. Uh, and they did this all summer. They'd go camping for like a week or two, and then every time they would rent out, they'd just go camping. They'd save money. You know, They'd pay their mortgage, and they'd save the rest of the money for this film they wanted to make to pursue awesome. their passion. So, I mean, there's all these different things you can do. It's not just travel. It's it's anything, really. The well, sky's the limits. Yeah, the shared economy. I, I'm just such a huge proponent of it. Obviously, I just talked about my first real experience renting on Airbnb, but it was a great one. Uber, I've started to use when we were in San Fran. It was awesome. I met some really cool people. The drivers are usually pretty cool. Like the guy who took me to the airport, I talked with him forever. Yeah. Just that he had grown up in San Fran. So just oh, asking man. all these questions. I love questions. chatting up the drivers. Of course. But like cabbies, you know, might not, not all cabbies, but the Uber is just more personal. And um, one more I wanted to mention that we took advantage of a shared economy thing called Eat With. And there's a bunch of these popping up nowadays. I get emails every day, basically, from new companies. But Eat With is like Airbnb but for eating meals in people's homes. And we did this in Istanbul. And we went to these uh, Jenk and Anna's house and it was awesome. And they prepared like this amazing meal for us. And it was like $40 a person. And it was like, I'm not kidding, man, 10 courses, 12 courses. It was crazy. And we hung out with them until 2 a.m. And we went back to our place. And the next day they're like, hey, do you want us to show you around the city? Like, you know, because he had grown up in Istanbul and we're like, sure. So he showed us places we never would have found. So and we've become friends with them. So it's just cool. And they were doing that because they had regular jobs, but they love cooking and they wanted extra money because they're going to move to the US, which they've now moved to. So again, they were using this as a way to like save extra money to then open up a food truck in San Diego, which is what they've done. Now. Yeah. And you know, we, just to circle back to what we talked about at the top, you get coming back and I'm, you know, being in one place for a little while and, and kind of switching up how you travel a little bit. I'm as we record this, I'm moving to Norway in about a month and a half, and I'm going to be stationary in Oslo 
Norway for for indefinitely. Don't do it, right? (laughs) And uh, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about is um, it's fun. These shows are so fun to record because I never know what direction they're going to go. And that's the purpose. Yeah, and I mean, one of the things I've been thinking about is. You know, I'm I'm big on starting things. It's fun. Like, you know, we start a podcast and you get to talk to all these amazing people and you can connect with all these people. So I like starting things and being able to bring people together. It's one thing I really love to do. And I was thinking, well, what could I do in Norway to, to, you know, make some friends in the community and like really be a part of the community? And I'm glad you mentioned that because one thing I thought about is using one of these services of maybe like hosting people for dinner and actually being the host. And one thing we haven't really talked about is some of the benefits of being in one place, which is you get to return the favor and provide the experience for the traveler rather than being the traveler who gets the experience from somebody, you know? So somebody gets to stay in your house, they're traveling through, you now are in the position to give back all that goodness that you got out on the road. We're like, oh, remember when we met those people and they were so cool and they did this for us or they had us over for dinner. You're talking about Anna and... Uh, uh, Jenk, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you can now return that, whether it's through Airbnb or if you just see a traveler walking down the street and you're in Philadelphia, you know, the city. They've got that. Like, they've got that right um traveler necklace on that's like neon. Uh, that says, traveler, traveler. Uh, but you, you can, can tell. tell, you know, but I mean, you now... And I, when I get to Norway and settle for a bit, will be in the position to like provide those experiences for everybody else. I think that's a cool thing too for living somewhere. That's a, you know, I actually haven't even thought about that. Even though we've been home since August, well, kind of home, we've been in this house since August. I haven't really given much thought to that until you just mentioned because we've been the traveler for so long that for us, it's always about us going in these new experiences. I didn't even think about the fact, I mean, I thought about the fact we could Airbnb it to make money while we were away and and things like that. But I never thought, hey, you know, Heather loves cooking. Like, why don't we do an eat with here in Philadelphia or something like that and really provide a place to have people who are coming through. And one of the, that's one of the cool things about having you here and, and, going to be here for the next couple of weeks, cross my fingers, I hope that's true, in Philadelphia because even this morning when I had to get up and do something else, you went to like a low, while well, you tried to find the local cafes, but nothing was open on Monday morning, but you went to one of the local diners and I just remember thinking like, that's so cool, like Jay's going to a diner in my town because he's here and he's out exploring. It's, I feel like a, like a traveler. I was thinking about it when I was there because I love checking out new places and it doesn't have to be 10,000 miles from home. So it was great. I went to, I love a diner, a good diner, you know? (laughs) And um, I always, I said this in a past episode, I had my podcast, but one of the uh, quintessential American experiences, I think, is going into a diner, sitting at the counter and having a waitress that's a little grumbly at you, but at the same time is like nice, but is kind of sassing you and giving you a hard time. This waitress was very, she was the flip side. She was just super sweet. So that was a great experience too. So we'll have Um, to get you a grumbly Philadelphia waitress soon. Yeah. Not hard. And, uh, and this diner had some great signs up. To, I've always looked for like that diner atmosphere, you know, like it, it is a good place. I mean, the food is okay. You know, it's like a decent breakfast. It's pretty cheap, but they have signs up like um, something. One of the signs said something like, uh, it, I laughed so hard. I cried down my leg. You <laughs> like know, just really <laughs> something cheesy. Like that. Like, yeah. Like che- sort of cheesy little sayings and different things like that. I don't know. I love I love like a local diner because you really never know what you're going to find the the people and uh, you know the the decor and the food you just never know. It's always a little I, bit of a I agree. Shoot, Were you so. the one who told me about you rated diners by how many calendars were on the wall? No, but Okay. Uh, 
Someone told me that. And I don't remember who it was, but they said like, if you've got a four calendar diner, like that's a good one because you know the, they just start like yeah. putting up calendars of all like the local. Oh yeah, you know yeah. like Jim's yeah. Auto Body gave them a calendar, they so they sponsored a it local on the little wall. league team. They right, got a calendar for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That, that's true. I I agree with you that I think traveling sometimes in my mind it's it's this big exotic international type trip and it doesn't have to be that way case in point we were just in Arizona and I know Arizona is far from Philadelphia but it still to me seems less exotic than a lot of the other trips we've we've gone on because you're in your home country because you're in your home country but we got there and we spent eight days in Arizona and it was some of the best traveling I've done in a long time because you know we got to see things like the Grand Canyon and Sedona and the Red Rocks like just amazing things but it was also pretty easy because, again, we were in our home country and we were meeting up with people who listen to our podcast and stuff, you know, and it was just like it was a really cool experience. And it made me think, all right, you don't always have to go on these huge epic trips. It can be a week long trip or even a couple day trip to somewhere and then take that even further. You grew up around Philadelphia, much like me, but not in the same area. And now here you are experiencing stuff and I get to show you like I took you to our favorite bar last night and things like that. So it's just... I didn't think about the fact that I could help travelers who are coming through here. I kind of looked at it as like, oh man, I'm staying put. Uh, and I was kind of not dreading it, but I was a little fearful of it. But there are many advantages. I know we, we might have touched on this a little bit of home-based stuff in the first episode, but um, there are just many advantages to being in one place as well for uh, all you nomads that are scared to take back on the responsibility and being in one place. Um yeah, I saw a great movie uh, last night in Philadelphia. I went with my sister who does this. Uh, she's part of this running group called the Fishtown Beer Runners. And the movie was called Beer Runners. And it's this group that uh, they found this professor that did some study. Uh, he was from Spain. And it said, after you do a run, it's like good for you to have a beer. And we, we like our craft beer, as we mentioned. So, uh, or maybe we didn't mention. I'm sure it was know. a very exhaustive study. Yeah, one so. man's opinion. <laughs> so uh, anyway, the the film was inspirational in many ways because they built this grassroots running group, and it's really more about you know leaving the egos behind, just everybody getting out and doing something together, and not about going and drinking. It's not a drinking club. It's not about drinking excessive amounts of beer. They're not like it's not promoting that. It's just it's promoting, that you're getting, like, hey, out like, getting out and doing something. Into the community and doing yeah. something. And this movement actually went to, uh, they started one, they ended up meeting the professor who actually had this study. They cheers the professor every time uh, they they meet as a group. And they've been doing this for years. They ended up taking a, a, a group of the beer runners over to Spain to meet the professor. They started running groups there and there are now 7,000 beer runners in Spain. And they got to go and experience their culture. And it was it was an awesome story. I, I don't know when it's coming out or where. It was in a film festival, but it's called Beer Runners. And it was really inspirational. And one thing I really got out of it to tie into what we're talking about here is this sense of being able to participate in a community in that way. And this is why, you know, we started, we, we have the community location indie, of course, and we have Travis and I going back again to being, you know, partners, being in the same place, getting to spend time together. That's what it's all about. I guess the big thing that's challenging for nomads, people that are traveling around and working is it's really cool because you do meet up in all these exotic locations. And when you do, it's such a thrill because you're like, oh, like there you are. Like we've known each other. Now we're hanging out in Mexico. We're hanging out here. We're hanging out there. We're like, 
finally meeting and doing this together, but it doesn't happen all the time. And it makes right. it really special, which is why we have the online community and different things so we can you know, connect in that way without having to meet in person. But then when you get to, it's amazing. And one advantage I was thinking about living in one, because I'm I'm nervous too because I'm about to settle into a place for a little. Well, while. and you're going to settle into a foreign country, like where right. you, you know I know a lot of people speak English in Norway and things like that, but it, it's not your home country, um, and it's something that's foreign to you, and you don't even speak the the language. Yeah, and one thing I got out of the film, just because a lot of times, you know, when you get inspired by whatever it is, you'll you'll of course take the the overarching themes and the message. But also, you can't help but apply some of that to parts of your life. You get analytical and thinking like how it inspires you and what it's inspiring you to do. And this film kind of inspired me and the idea that, wow, getting to live somewhere, like there are a lot of advantages uh, if you're set up somewhere for a while. One of those being that you can kind of create and be part of the community there and participate in things in person and do something within that that actual community on the ground and that's cool because it's just the it's it's just a different type of community because the digital nomad location dependent community is spread out all over so we get to see each other and we come come together we're talking about doing some events to bring people together and things like that because we love it we love to be hanging out in person like that's what life's about it's about interacting with people but being in a community gives gives the chance the opportunity to do that and i think that's another exciting thing it's just to do it in a different way i suppose and uh it's something that i took out of it because i'm like okay let me like start getting excited about this process instead of like kind of looking at the negative parts right. of it. Like I'm giving up this and giving up that. Like there's a lot you're gaining. Yeah, as well. yeah, and, and it's stuff that you can't gain as a travel. Like you just can't. You know, right? I mean, like, for example, there's a TEDx conference right here in my small town of Phoenixville, outside of Pennsylvania, uh, outside of Philadelphia, that I've never been able to go to, and I've never been able to connect with the the people who run it. Although it's cool because I think it's like this. Philly's oldest running TEDx. And I, I've always thought that's pretty neat because it's just in this small town, but I, I've never been around to do it. And now all of a sudden I can sit back and I, I like I could say, hey, let's let's go out. Let me meet the people who are running it. I'm sure there's a lot of interesting people here that I've just never had the time to dig in and find because I've never spent enough time here. So I love that you were able to flip that both for yourself and for me into a positive. Like, hey, there's a lot of stuff that you can do even though you're afraid, which is funny that we're afraid of not traveling because most people are, you know, a little more fearful of like traveling, going out maybe, in the unknown. Maybe not people listening to this show, but maybe you, know, you probably know people in, in your right. life too that, or maybe so, I don't know. You right. Know, and so we're talking a lot about community and in-person community, how important it is. But I want to flip it a tiny bit because at the end of this podcast, of, of each of these podcasts, we do a little look inside of LI and that's a look inside of our location independent uh, community called locationindie.com. And one of the, and we kind of tell you what we're doing in there so you can get a feel for it. And one of the really neat things that we are doing is challenges. And we've started doing these the last two months and they're really taking off. And I think the idea of challenges can be really, 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 really helpful. <laughs> one more really in there? Really helpful. Yeah. Because it's, it's hard to stay motivated. Yeah. When we, when you're, you know, just to kind of, sum up what you're talking about when you say challenges, it's essentially a call to action that will bring your attention to the bigger picture, I suppose, is kind of how we're doing it. And we're talking about accountability in whatever it is that you want to do because it's so it's so easy to get caught up in daily life. You know, especially I think even I think when you're traveling, you could be a little more kind of in the moment, it's more free flowing. Then when when you get 
home feel like the similar surroundings and Dude, everything. I never know what to do. Changes I the feel dynamic, lost. you know? Yeah. And it can be hard. So getting the opportunity to set up a challenge or participate in a challenge, whether it's in an online community like Location Indie or with a mastermind group you start or a group of friends or whatever. Or like in I, person. I've uh, done hopefully. yeah. I've done this with my buddy where we like we wanted to exercise for 30 days and then I, I told you about it. You started doing it with your buddy where you set up like a calendar where you're like you have to do, you know, twenty whatever. It was like a hundred push ups this day, like three one minute planks this day. It was like always something different. And we basically were, if you didn't do it, you owed the other guy five bucks. So we had like something at stake there. And it forced us to do it every day and develop that habit. And we're doing that in Location Indie now. We're at least giving people a chance to, uh, including us, to take a step back and be like, okay, what do you want to accomplish by the end of the month? You can write down three goals. You put it out there public. And then at the end of the month, we check in and, and see where you got. It doesn't mean like last month, I didn't do everything I wanted to, but because I put it out there, For I was like, shame. these are things I want to do. I made progress on them just by the simple fact of putting it out there. And this month as we're recording this is... I can never pronounce this right. Well, it's November ne- that we're recording this. So depending on when you listen to it, it, you know, it's still applicable no matter when you listen to it. Yeah. But it's a... Yeah, it has some acronym that you can find Nano on Twitter. Rimo. It's, a, it's a writing challenge. Yeah. You're supposed to write... A book in a month is the idea, but the I think the overall idea is to build a writing habit where you write every day, so you commit to writing a number of words per day, and then you have to do it every day in a in this particular month. Right, and the the point is like it can be awful, it can be great, maybe it, maybe it's inspired, maybe it's really easy that day, maybe it's really hard the next day, but you commit like Jason is committed to a thousand words a day. Tom Allen, um, who's a good friend of ours and who's in Location Indie, he started it. He threw the challenge out there. He said he's going to write 1,500 words a day. And he wakes up in the morning and he knocks out 1,500 words. And um, it's just a way that everyone's holding each other accountable because he posted it. Other people said, yeah, I'm in. I'm going to do 1,000 words. I'm going to do 1,500 words. And then every day, people post whether they did it or not. So Jay, like today, you did your 1,000 words. 1,333. I went Very over. Very nice. I don't know if I can bank those extra three, three, three. I would say no. Um, I, I don't think so. But, uh, you know, since Tom did start this, I want to give him a shout out because he has two excellent films. If you're into adventure films, Janapar is the first yep. one. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's about his bike trip around the world that takes an unexpected twist. And his new film, Karen, Karen, I'm not pretty K-A- R-U-N. Yeah, you should look it up. Um, it's probably out by the time you hear this podcast. And it's it's about uh, him and uh, another uh, friend of ours, Leon's trip down a river in Iran. And, and the people they along. met in yeah, Iran, which are way different than what you would expect. It's way awesome. And he's actually giving the opportunity for people to set up screenings because, uh, you know, just to spread the good message of, uh, you know, what this country is like on the ground, which is, as you know, like the media reflection of a country and the actual country for any country is oftentimes is two totally different things. So um, this is an opportunity to share a little bit of what it's like on the ground uh, there in Iran. So uh, congratulations to Tom for uh, for those films. Yeah, congratulations, Tom. We are running out of time. So guys, thank you so much for joining us. There you go. Thank you so much for joining us, guys, today on the Location Indie Podcast. If you want to check out more about Location Independence, you want to see the community that we've been talking about, um, go there, locationindie.com. Join the mailing list. There's a lot of free goodies for you so that you can get a feel for the kind of stuff that we do inside of Location Indie, see if it's a good fit. And if it is a good fit, we would love to have you 
Don't forget to tune in next time to our locationing podcast where we'll just riff on topics about location independence and Who give knows? you a- I already I already have an idea. There was a whole direction I was going to go. We didn't have time, so uh, not not too hard for these two East Coasters to fill a half hour. That's right. So thank you guys. <laughs> LocationIndie.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you like it, and then you'll get every new episode downloaded directly to your iPhone, computer, whatever. Anytime I do a podcast in person, it's always a treat to high-five it out. Cheers. See you next time. <laughs>